Okie dokie donkey. Okie dokie donkey. We really are ready to go. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. I'm David Dedrick. And we are in Belgium. Now, well, okay, here's the thing. Yeah, we are. We're actually in Belgium right now while you're hearing this. That's true. Or, or possibly, if you're listening later, we might be in France. Or maybe we're back home. I don't know. It depends when you're listening to this. But uh, we're recording this episode a week early. Uh, so, uh, you know, hey, hey, hey. Uh, that's it. That's the whole story. We're just letting you know. We're, we're pre-recording an episode, so you're like, oh, I can't wait to hear my letter read at the end. Well, I got some bad news. Uh, we haven't got your letters yet, because we just did the last episode a few minutes ago. Uh, it's confusing. Anyway, I'm Ian. I'm David. And we're in Belgium. Yes. How are you liking Belgium so far? I'm loving it. It's you know, it's, it's named city? after Bells. Oh, is it? Yeah. Bells covered in gems. Oh. They used to have, like, the whole city was covered in Bells covered in gems, and was like, look at all the Bell gems. What do you want to call this place? I don't care. France. And they're like, there already is a France, you idiot. Yeah. And it was like, okay, Belgium then. And then they called it Belgium. Huh. Yeah. Well, I learn something new every day in Belgium. Right. It's like Canada. Canada was named after um, all the... Da- yeah, that's right. It was named after geese. Yeah. Canadian yeah. geese. They yeah. went like, look at all the Canadian geese here. What do you want to call this place? Canada. <laughs> made sense. <laughs> made sense all the, the time. Canadian geese around. It made sense at the time. Now it doesn't make as much sense. And if you look at it from a map overhead, it's got the yeah. word Canada written large on it. <laughs> it's true. If you look at any globe, yeah. uh, it, the word Canada is written on yeah, there. Across, across several provinces. Mm-hmm. That's how they. That's how they divided the country up. They're like, you can have the C, we can have the A, they can have the N. Yeah, but it got that. confusing because they went like, all right, you can have the C, A. Eh? Like, okay, we got the C and the A. And it's like, no, oh, it's confusing. Okay, you can have the N, eh? All right, no, now you think you're gonna have the N? And the, all right, you have the D, eh? Oh no, and that was confusing. Is that why there's so many A's in Canada? That's correct. Hmm. It'd be interesting if you had a country. That decided to actually burn its uh, the the name of it onto the lawn, and uh, and then on a globe, it's like, do we have to put the name again? Yeah, or do we just let it because it named See, itself burn burn it on the lawn? Yeah, on the lawn. You know, there's grass. Like yeah, but, it's a <laughs> what lawn? You know, okay. You know how uh, countries have lawns? I consider I consider <laughs> grass a lawn. Okay. At what point does does gr- does grass not become a lawn when it's not being mowed by someone? Okay. Mowing is what differentiates grass from a lawn. Yeah, well, it's funny. I remember Oberyn Wall writing one time, and he said, uh, he mentioned the the pond at the end of his field. Okay. And he said, or as I like to say, the lake at the end of my park. I think that's, there's the difference, right? Is what, how you describe it. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. It could be a field, but it could also be lawn. But you're saying the lawn isn't like the grasslands. Yeah. Like say the American Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Pre, everyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Pre, you're describing pre- like it's a confusing thing we're bringing up. Yeah, but yeah. It's not. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I want to go into it's a, like you're saying. Like, there's a glass of water in front of me, and I can see it. And you're like, okay, so there's a glass of yeah, water. Yeah, I want to go into it a little it. bit more depth. Oh, so please. you're saying like so. Say, this will have as much depth as a glass of water. So before <laughs> before North America was like overly populated or as populated as now. Okay. When there's more like huge swaths of grasslands. Sure. That was a lawn. Yeah, it was a lawn. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, it was called the Great Lawn. <laughs> okay, was it? Yeah. All right, all right. 
What, what would you call it? Grasslands. Yeah, probably. Makes sense. Um, I wanted to wish you a happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, of? Of? It's a very special 30th anniversary for you and me. Okay. Okay. Because 30 years ago, 30 years ago, yeah, David and I uh, had our television series greenlit by the CBC. Was we had right? our, Yeah, it was 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, we had our series greenlit by uh, the head of um, of uh, television programming, mm-hmm. specifically comedy programming, yeah. uh, at the CBC. And that yeah. general's name was, of course, Paul Chatto. Yes. Paul Chatto from The Frantics yes. and uh, currently uh, someone who is fighting the good fight against woke culture. Okay. Both uh, on his YouTube page and on Twitter. Well, just fighting hard. Yeah. No one is fighting the the fight more more than he no is. one is fighting an unnecessary fight harder than than him. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. But he was in charge of like what shows would be on the air and a, a program called Codco. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, a semi popular show uh, was going off the air in the Maritimes and uh, the CBC there was worried that they would be shut down because they were closing a lot of CBCs. And we're like, we got to come up with another show, and and so um, we had submitted. A uh, sketch comedy show it was uh, you, uh, uh, me, uh, Roger Fredericks, Laura Janiszewski, and we uh, submitted this show. We uh, went, we took a bunch of uh, sexy pictures of us in character costumes. <laughs> sure, we did. Uh, we submitted scripts all in different fonts because <laughs> we, we all had different computers had different back computers, then. Yes. Wildly different fonts. <laughs> yes, a lot wildly of, tonally different fonts. A lot of dot matrix. And we 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 called the show Big Cable. Yes, because there was a lot of things called Big back then. Sure. We went like, okay, we're gonna get on that. It was big time. And, and big time. That was one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was a that was a thing. Um, and so, uh, was that Tom Waits did big? Yeah, time? yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we submitted this to CBC, and no, no word of a lie, we got contacted by Paul Chatto, and he went, "We're gonna greenlight this, but you're gonna have to move to the Maritimes." Yeah. And we were like, okay, you know, I guess that's what sure. we're gonna have if to do. You're gonna be ambitious. Yeah. You've got to make sacrifices. Right. And eat, eat a lot of lobster. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah. by the way, the characters we had were characters like um, uh, Dave the Waiter. <laughs> um, Dave was uh, Hiram Gunnigan, who was <laughs> Dave wearing hat. I had a character, I think I was a DJ, which was me with an earring. <laughs> You know, it was a lot of those kind of characters. It was like, what do, what do we got around the the apartment? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, that's my crazy character. I got yeah. a coat. I guess I'm a detective. Sure. And uh, there's one shot where uh, one of us, you can clearly see uh, her underpants uh, because we I, we should have fixed that anyway. <laughs> and we 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 took these pictures and we went down to Kinko's. Yeah. And we assembled it all together and we put it into a black binder. Yeah. And it, and like I say, we, uh, the show uh, got accepted. We're like, wow. So we've got a show on CBC television. This yeah. is a very exciting time. Very exciting. Okay. And then uh, about two days later, mm-hmm. we got a phone call from yeah. Paul Shadow. Yeah. Again, very exciting because we we're also fans of Paul Shadow. So yeah. Yeah. that's exciting. And he went like, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, we're going to have to go with this other show first. Yeah. And uh, it's the people from Codco have decided to do a show based on the news. And so we're going to go with, with this first. Uh, but the second... He was telling us the second that yeah. this goes off the air, yeah. it's you guys. So you know, as soon as this show is canceled, and this probably this probably won't go anywhere, yeah. uh, you guys have got a, a series. So anyway, uh, that show was this hour is twenty two minutes, which just marked its thirty year anniversary. 
which is also the 30 year anniversary of our show getting accepted and then uh, us getting put on hold for 30 fucking years. But yes, the second that show goes off the air, yeah. you and I are going to grab our funny hats and we are flying, brother. Over to the Maritimes. Hiram Gunnigan will live Hiram again. Hiram Gunnigan. <laughs> live that again. character that everyone loves, Hiram Gunnigan. <laughs> and Dave the Waiter. That fast-talking fast backwoods yokel. I'm sorry. Dave, yeah. your waiter. Dave. That, that was a thing. And and Dave, uh, your waiter, had some guns on him. He had a little hand, uh, arm foldy thing, so his muscles were really showing. <laughs> Not intentionally, but okay. Yeah. But a Simon, little Simon Cowell trick there with mm-hmm. my... No, pumping fanta- up, pumping up fantastic. the. Fantastic! Uh, I'm just gonna see if it's right. Up. Let me see if it's here. <laughs> okay, if you if you insist on. Oh yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I remember doing the. Uh, I remember doing the graphics for that. Yeah, I got the graphics here. Uh, somehow, yeah, somehow it's copyright April 1990. I don't know how that works when uh, it lines up with everything. <laughs> but uh, okay, so here here were the sketches uh, that we that we included. Yeah. Okay. Priest. All right. Tom Cruise week. Still topical. Still good. Uh, Renaissance painters. Oh, that's one of mine. Okay. Crime Blockers 5. Yep. That's one of yours. Phantom of the Miserable Reptile House. That actually sounds pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, The Psychic Family. That sounds like a Saturday Night Live parody sketch. (laughs) Voodoo Kitchen. Probably offensive now. Can't do it. (laughs) Uh, Chess. Detective. Chess is one of mine. Rockbeat 3, okay. Big Science, and Nice Place You Got Here. And then we include six songs in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I've got Dave's characters here. Wait, so. what about your characters? Yeah, let's read Dave's characters. <laughs> so there was John Abbott, who was your waiter. Okay. And that's a nice picture of you there. Yeah. Oh, mate, this is the, that's when I was growing my hair out. Yeah. There's Clarence Blade Boy Poindexter. <laughs> what, was, what was his character? I have no idea what we're going for. Uh, I guess he was kind of a pre-grunge uh, rocker. Okay. I may take a photo of these and send them to you to put on our page. <laughs> okay, thank and you. And then there was school... Oh, Hiram Gunnigan was a school teacher. Yeah. And then you were there with your friend Twister. <laughs> Which... That My un- characters were... Okay, okay. Tim Kramer. I was a thug. And so I have kind of a wild wig and a jean jacket. Uh, Adrian uh, Benoit. Yeah. Uh, uh, office worker. I now play. I still play a character named Benoit. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. And Rick Rollins, uh, the host of Rock Beat. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. That actually was a character, though. Let's see. Yeah, it was kind of actually a character. I, I brought too much to the party. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, that was our thing. Big cable. I will. I will uh, take pictures of this, and uh, we'll we'll try and put things up. Yeah, I'll, I'll get this. Okay. So enjoy. So congratulations on our thirtieth anniversary. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, it's when it's you know it's like sliding doors, right? It's those things like what if, what if mm-hmm. the Codco people had just been like after they're bitter after their Codco experience and were like, I don't want to have anything to do with the CBC anymore. Like that was most of them. Screw this. Yeah, but, yeah. But that was most of them. Yeah, yeah. In fact, like uh, Kathy Jones, who is one of the creators, wink, yeah. wink, not really. Um, uh, I was reading Rick Mercer's book about the creation of it, and she was in tears about having to do it because she hated the news so much. Oh, really? She just wanted to do characters, and it was like so sad yeah, yeah. that she had to do this show. But they, they were able to incorporate that into the show. They had, a char- they had their characters and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, well, at the time, Mary Gross was ill, so ill that she was 
bedridden. Okay. And so uh, a bunch of her characters, well, one for sure, was done from bed, like for the first couple of episodes. Okay. And it was like that she was just too lazy to leave bed. Yeah, yeah. Or the world was too much for her, so she was staying in bed. Yeah. But it was because she couldn't get out of bed. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, no, 30 years of, of success. So there you are, there you are. <laughs> I mean, I have not watched that show for quite a while. I enjoyed it in its early days. Let me give you a little bit of trivia. All right. Who have we had on as a guest? Yeah. Who was one of the hosts of the show? I guess it would be Colin Mockery. You're you. correct. Yeah. Which I don't think I watched it as... as I, I mean, I stopped watching it uh, after the initial casts kind of dispersed. Right. Kathy Jones, Mary Gross, uh, Greg Toomey, Rick Mercer. Yeah. And Rick yeah. Mercer went on to do his own show, The the Rick Mercer Report, or The Mercer Report. Yes. Yes. He w- I, um, I, I used to work at the... I, I then went to work yeah. uh, at that CBC sure. uh, on Street Sense. Yeah. And uh, he was the nicest of the bunch. Is that right? Yeah. He was a very, very nice fellow. Oh, that's good. That's um, good. Very good natured. And uh, it would hold a door open for you. Huh? Nice guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, one one thing, a little secret about the show, yeah. is when they let the audience in, before they let the audience in to see the show, uh, they gave them some free wine. Oh. Some free, cheap red wine. <laughs> it increased the laugh. Loosened things up a little the bit. The laugh quotient went up a bit. Little tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were all pretty loosey-goosey and like ready to enjoy a show. Smart. We should have done that. Should have sent sent Paul Chato a bottle of wine. Yeah, so when, he, when he read about Hiram Hiram Gunnigan and his friend Twister, he would be. Ah, I mean, I played that character so much. The the name rolls right off my tongue to this day. Yeah, I can say it without even thinking about it. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, Paul Chato is on uh, Twitter right now. Yeah, uh, denouncing uh, She Hulk. Oh, is that right? Being, a, being too woke. Oh. Yeah, and also uh, also denouncing. Let's see. Uh, looks like uh, the Canadian Media Funds uh, uh, film festival industry panels. They're just a, there's a too diverse. Has some problems with those. They're too, too diverse. Too diverse. Yeah. Too diverse. Yeah. They're way too diverse. There's too too much happening. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, he's pretty old. Maybe he's just it's just confusing for him. He's got issues with uh, Velma being gay. He's playing it up uh, comedically though. So. Oh, what, what what was the uh, what's his joke? What's his joke? Yeah. Oh, she just gives him a phone call and he responds to, to that and he jokes about, you know, that oh. you know, she's gay. Uh. <sighs> you know, and uh, it's disappointing. It's disappointing it, when yeah. someone that you admire, like a John Cleese. Sure. You know, uh, it's just a, it's just a, it's just like, oh, it's too bad. I think like if we had gotten our show, he'd be fine now. We would have We would have. It would have been good. I have a feeling that we wouldn't have lasted a thirtieth of the time that uh, this hour is twenty-two minutes. Would you have wanted to? Would you want to be doing a show? I don't think for I'd want to be thirty years. No, I don't think would I'd you be like, to. how deep is your Hiram Gunnigan character? <laughs> that like thirty years <laughs> hence, you know, you've plumbed the depths is, of, of Hiram, he is no school deep, teacher. He is no deeper than the paper he's printed on. Let's face it, because but, they're like a Mary Gross and a Kathy Jones. Yeah, they've been playing those characters for thirty freaking years. She's still doing the whatever her name is Bell or Babs. Uh, yeah, it's the same name as someone from a classic, yeah. Bay Bennett. Bay Bennett, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which was and Bay Bennett is from uh is that Mr. Deeds? I don't know. I think it is. She's uh wow, that's that's well, I mean, I guess she found some depth in that character that no one knew was there. And then she uh became an anti-vaxxer and I don't know what the heck happened happened there. Uh <laughs> let's see. Bay oh, Bennett, yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, Mr. Deeds. She's just trying to it. suck up to Paul Chato. I think uh, she's beyond Paul Chato now. She's fine. <laughs> same with Mary Walsh. <laughs> I feel like they're not on the show anymore, but they're still on the show. They're not. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about it. I think I've not watched it in, in a 
many, many times, many, many years. That's okay. But like I say, I did watch it in, in its early days and I sure. enjoyed it. I, you know, I didn't, I don't even remember watching it thinking, boy, I wish they'd get off the air so we could get on. Like, I don't remember thinking that. I will tell you one thing. They had a thing at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Uh, which was warning this program something 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 they'd give like a regular warning yeah and then they'd uh, they'd add like a this warning may this show may contain eggs or something it was like a there was a surreal thing that would follow it mm. and uh, I I believe if I'm not wrong that I think Street Sense did that first okay I think Street Sense used to have warnings before their show there were uh, joke warnings and yeah. they kind of uh, liberally borrowed that and put it onto their show <laughs> street sense shot uh just across from uh in the same studio across from this hour is 22 minutes mm. i believe if i'm remembering this correctly one of our uh, one of our uh listeners uh louise moon was uh, one of the writers on streets and one of the main writers and a gemini award winner for her work on it so she can correct me on any of this stuff uh that she uh, wants to touch with a 10-foot pole and probably doesn't because <laughs> she's like we're not going to mess with 22 minutes what are you crazy? I'll be killed. Forget it. I'm trying to see who the Andy uh, Jones, who was part of Codco, but did not go on to do this hour has 22 minutes. No relation to Kathy Jones, I think, right? No, I think they're brother and sister. Oh, really? I believe so. Yeah. Well, no wonder he didn't want to be on the show. Um, he uh, he was quite good on my favorite radio show, The Great Eastern. He was a real. There's another person who was a real sweetheart. He used to hang out. Oh, is that in right? Vancouver quite a bit, and so yeah. we did. Uh, yeah, he was a he was a real uh, real nice fella. Well, that's good. Yeah, he played um, this character, Ron Galately, who was one of the original hosts of the Great Eastern. So he'd be in these sort of um, uh, flashback moments when they do like kind of like, a, you know, from the vault. I think it was called from the vault, actually. That is. And uh, there's one where he was uh, during World War Two, he was welcoming the Germans to invade Newfoundland. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to see who the current hosts of... Uh... 22 minutes are, but uh, I don't. I don't. I yeah. Don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. How will they, How will you know? Huh. Alan Thicke was uh, was on once for an 80s uh, 1980s themed show. Hmm. That's nice. That's a nice get. I guess. Oh, Andrew Barber. Okay, that's nice. Uh, he's uh, he's a local uh, yeah. Vancouver uh, theater sports guy. He was on. Yep. Also, um, Dan Joffrey, also a local okay. uh, Vancouver guy, was one of the hosts for a while. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like you know, obviously. Obviously, it would have been fun to do if we got if we could have done a sketch show for a couple of seasons or something. But yeah, work money would have been nice. Money would be nice, but also just to do it would be would have been fun. But it wasn't to be. You're not uh, you're not wrong. It wasn't. Uh, I'm looking at the okay. It's uh, Trent McKellen now. Mark okay. Critch. Okay. Uh, Abba Am Am Quando. Am, oh. I'm getting that name wrong. Too diverse. And Stacy. Uh, yeah, Paul Shadow would have an issue. And Stacy uh, McGunigal. And oh. they all seem, uh, they all seem very. Nice. I don't know about that. It seems very Hiram Gunnigan like that name. I don't think uh, that is very Gunnigan. Gunnigan. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring uh, bring a case against CBC stealing. I have had one joke on the show. Which which show? This show? To, uh, this yeah, our podcast in the last <laughs> uh, you know twelve years, years or whatever years, we've, been, yeah, we've yeah. been doing it for. Yeah. No. Um, you do you do tell it well though. Right. And you endlessly recycled it i think in, a, in a, an amazing way so right you know props to you anyway go on why was the why was the hat looking for a promotion <laughs> why was the hat looking for a promotion they wanted to get ahead indeed <laughs> yes please take a victory drink and a victory lap please run around the outside of just your house just made that up 
Did you? Just made that, I would say off the top of my head, but that'd be sound like I'm trying to yeah, double yeah. pun into a hat yeah, on yeah, a hat. A bit too much and again, there. that would sound like I was doing a hat on a hat on a hat. That would be wrong. <laughs> uh, but no, my yes. friend um, Diana Francis, who I used to be in a group called Canadian Content with. Sure. And also Urban Improv. Yeah. Um, she was writing on the show. I see. And uh, and I came up with a joke. Okay. And I told her the joke. And she went, can I give them the joke? And they gave the joke. And then uh, I don't know if the joke got a laugh. Oh. I think it did. Yeah. But uh, the laugh track does some heavy lifting. <laughs> and so you can never really tell. But it seemed to it seemed to go over well. Sure, sure. Yeah. Huh, good, good. Yeah, it's a kind of show where it's not really like a belly laugh show. It's more like, oh, that's clever. Here's the thing on if you're doing Canadian stand-up. Oh, right. And you have a Canadian stand-up special that I learned is a bit of a, oh, boy, uh, situation. I <laughs> okay. personally am not a fan of laugh tracks. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I don't like it myself. I did end up with a sketch comedy show uh, once upon a time called 11th Hour. And uh, I almost, uh, I didn't almost, I said, I quit. If you give us a laugh track and like, no, you know, really, yeah, you know, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm not showing up tomorrow if there's a laugh track. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, you do it? You're crazy. It's like, no, no, no. I've had a laugh track ruin a show of mine before. Um, but if you were doing a stand-up, like a Comedy Now special, yeah. this is what I learned from many people who have done Comedy Now specials. Okay. What you have to do is you're doing your Comedy Now special and you're performing yeah. usually at the Mason Hall yeah. in Toronto. And then you do a joke. Now, your joke works. Fantastic. You know, you do your joke uh, to get ahead. And everyone, ah, ha, ha, And you all like give a little nod and, you know, you play your timing yeah. out, right? Yeah. Now, if the joke doesn't get a laugh. If it's a real Dedrick yeah. audience, here's what here's what you got to do. Yes, pretend like you're getting a big laugh. Okay, because they're going to put a laugh track in there. Okay, so you've got to like look like a, a psychopath because <laughs> it looks like you're hearing laughter that no one's hearing. So it's just like, yeah, to get ahead. Thank you. <laughs> no, please. Please settle down, settle down. It was like, what? This this nut. But then you watch it on TV, and it's like, oh, he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. The only problem with the Comedy Now specials is because they use a laugh track and because you're Canada, we're very fair. Yeah. Everyone does just as well as everyone else. Yeah. And so every every special you see gets the same degree of laughter. Yeah. There's no bursts of laughter where people are, whoa, and you actually do have to settle down. There's none of that. It's just consistent, consistent, consistently regular laugh. Yeah. Yeah. For people who are in the hospital. What more do you want? Yeah. And uh, people in the hospital can watch it without any uh, stress of like, <laughs> jarring yeah, then when uh, you drops. and No lifts. bursting stitches or anything. Yeah. It's all going to be It's fine. all fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but say, all right, so you would have gone to Halifax. You would have uh, started to eat a lot more swordfish, probably. <laughs> okay. You probably would have eaten a lot more mussels. Yeah. We would have uh, had our breaks and gone down to Bud the Spud. Okay. And had some uh, potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would have seen movies at the one movie theater in town. The one movie theater in town. In Halifax. In Halifax. Has one movie theater. Basically, yeah. There was one movie Gee theater. Gee whiz. You know, it was a multiplex. Oh, okay. But it was one movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would have also... Oh, we also, also would have gone a little... Not a little. We would have gone to Swiss Chalet a lot more than you think you would. And I know it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm I know. No, no, it sounds... I know. I'm not a fan. Day, I know you... It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> It's irrelevant. I wasn't a fucking fan. <laughs> but you're in Halifax. Yes. And there's one street. There's one goddamn street. Yeah. Really, with anything on it. And uh, that's the fast food restaurant. Okay. And so I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go in, in there. And you're going to go, oh, yay, it's Toblerone season. And you're going to be so excited about Toblerone season. And you're going to get some dipping sauce. And you're going to eat some chicken. And you're going to yeah. go, this isn't so bad. 
It is bad. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because you're in Halifax. Okay. Yeah, you got no choice. You got no choice. Yeah. It's... Yeah, you're going to go to Ricky's for breakfast on the weekend. I hate to compare it to White Spot because it's so awful. And White, mm. To me, White Spot is not awful. But, uh, yeah, it's not good. I ate there once because one opened near in Delta. Yeah. One opened in Delta. Sure. And so I thought we should try it. Lisa and I should try it. So we went yeah. there. And uh, I really, I would have been better off just crumpling up $40 and throwing it down down a down the sewer throw it into the rotisserie <laughs> there was, because really it was just there's nothing there was nothing of value eaten that evening no no there isn't there's a reason it's not it's not here anymore yeah it's not it's i think there might be one in british columbia okay maybe yeah uh but yeah it's you, you got to really develop a taste for it mm-hmm. it is it is like here's why it is like a white spot and that if you if you bring someone into a white spot who has never had white spot yeah that can be a rough go because they're not yeah. used to the triple O sauce. Yeah. They're not used to the situation. They're going to yeah. go, what, what's this all about? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I know. It's something you got to grow up with. Yeah. You got to understand. You got to have like a pirate ship that yeah. carry that cleverly holds your hamburger. Right. The straw has the sail on it. Right. It has a gold coin hidden And they near serve the it chest. to you and go, you are the captain now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. Pirates you. are fun. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a part of it. But also, but also, I genuinely think, you know, like good white spot is really good, mm-hmm. whereas good Swiss chalet is unbearable. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, some of the horrors that they serve. <laughs> yeah, it's. I miss. I'm sorry that Harvey's is gone. Harvey's was. They used to have them in uh, Home Depots. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they were good. I, I, like the, I would look I like forward the, to go to, going to a Home Depot to have Harvey's. Yeah. Because they, they, they have like a, you can kind of choose what you want and choose your toppings. That was the big deal about Harvey's. I like, like that. Like Burger King's uh, thing was have it your way. Yes. And uh, and so. Because, you, you know, hold the lettuce, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders, what do they do? They don't upset us. That's right. Whereas you go to McDonald's. Yeah. And they go, we're fucking mad. <laughs> They're so angry at you for like suggesting. Yeah. That you would hold the pickles on your suggest- Big Mac. Um, yeah. And people who do that. We'll tell you they'll be like this way. You guarantee that it's fresh, and you're like, don't you, you guys? They make them all by order now. They don't. Yeah, you can they see don't store them, them in a. It. Yeah, watch it. Watch the. Oh, this guarantees that you get. And by the way, if you ask for no salt for your fries, then get salt on the side. Then you get fresh fries. Just ask for fresh fries. They'll they'll get you fresh fries. Yeah, but they'll think you said French fries because you got a speech impediment. <laughs> Well, let's you know. Let's not bring up my problems. I do remember. Here's the worst thing about Burger King to me. Yench was I used to really like the chicken sandwiches, but then for some reason they started microwaving them, and they started microwaving the lettuce, and it was just like, well, this is a nightmare of the dam. This is a uh, Burger King. Burger King. Yeah, they do. I've they do microwave their burgers. Yeah, well, I've that, experienced listen, that many times. Okay, fair enough. But then put the lettuce on because next. the reason they have to microwave it is it takes so fucking long to make the burger. By the time you get it, it's cold, so they have to heat it up in the microwave for you. It's crazy. What a world. I don't understand why it takes them so long to make a hamburger at Burger King. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know it's flame broiled, but... But Harvey's, yeah. you would uh, have the adventure of pointing at the things you wanted on yeah. your burger. And they're actually good, say, unlike uh, Subway. Right. You'll actually get something good at the end. It's worth eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not down with it with Subway. For some reason, yeah, when it's Harvey's, it's like, ah, oh, it feels nice. If it's a lot of choice. And then it's like, ugh, it's an obligation, and I'm part of this process. Yeah. Here, yeah, I I agree with you. 
Anyway, long story short, Swiss Chalet, boo. <laughs> but if you lived in Halifax, you would get used to it. Yeah, yeah. And also, occasionally, sure. you and I would go on a little trip. Yep. Uh, probably driven by our friend Roger. Okay. We would go to, and I know you're not a big chicken guy. Sure. But we would go to Chicken Burger. Okay. And uh, that was a place that uh, if you're going to Peggy's Cove, which you would, uh, you would uh, stop off at Chicken Burger and have a nice chicken burger. And it would be really good. Yeah. It's a shredded chicken burger. Nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you go to Peggy's Cove and you'd watch people get too close to the ocean. Yeah. And pass by the sign that says, many have died. <laughs> Getting too close to the ocean. And like, <laughs> not me! And then, um, <laughs> help me! And then watch them get uh, pulled off into the sea. Wow. And that'd be a memory that would uh, burn in your brain uh, sure. until the end of time. Sure. And you'd be like, well, let's go back and make some comedy. Mm-hmm. But before then, let's yeah. stop again at Chicken Burger. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I'm done with that. Yep. That sounds fun. Now I'm looking up if Chicken Burger still exists in... Uh, Nova Scotia. I must. Why would it go away? Unless it was like a family run. Business. And you don't. You oh, there it is. The chicken. Oh, sorry. It's the chicken burger. Oh, okay. But you can definitely get it at chickenburger.com. Mm. Oh, so good. Oh, how much is a chicken burger? Ten fifty eight. Ten fifty eight for a chicken burger? Yeah. Well, you think that's a lot? Better be gold. I I know. No, this I'm is so... a quality. How much do you pay for a white spot legendary burger? No, you're right. I'm just. I'm old now, so everything seems Look expensive. Look at that. Look what it says. It's very pleasant. Enjoyed though. by millions, second fiddle to none. <laughs> that is their sign outside of their, their restaurant. It's that very is nice. right. But it's a very cute restaurant, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been around since 1940. That's great. Yeah, and their cafe is the Chicken Little Cafe. Cute. Oh, God, I want a chicken burger so fucking bad. How far away from we from? Oh, oh, and wait, hold it. You're, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the chicken burger combo. Excuse me. Oh, the chicken you burger. You get your chicken burger, regular fries, and regular Coca Cola fountain pop. Yeah. That is $10.89. Oh, that's worth it. That's Throw fine. my hands in the air. <laughs> like, you just don't care. Now, now listen. Yes. If you want to throw like a buck fifty on top of that, mm-hmm. here's what I can get you I can upgrade that fries okay. to a chicken soup. You know how when you're eating a chicken burger and yeah. you're like, I would love a chicken soup with this. <laughs> like, never? Like, that's the stupidest thing in the world? Well, you can do that. And that all goes to 12, uh, 15. Well, they have the chicken at hand, so they might as well make some soup. I understand. But you have the chicken as well. Why yeah. do you want more chicken with your chicken? I know. It's chicken burger for the soul. Yeah. But a hamburger, if you just want a hamburger, because you're one of those type of guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, you get your hamburger, regular fries, and regular Coke uh, pop for uh, ten seventy five, And that also is a delicious. They uh, charge you a little bit more. Ooh, let's see. It's a punishment. No, 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 no. Oh. Hamburger combo is uh, 1075. Yeah. Che- chicken burger combo is 1089. Oh, sorry. I thought it was 1068. No, but if you want a double burger combo, you're getting that for 1425. And you're going to like this, Dave. Yep. Hot dog combo. Uh, Hot dog combo is yep. coming at you. Hot dog, regular fries, regular Coca Cola fountain pop, 999. Not bad. Turn it over. Number of the beast, 666. <laughs> Turn it the other way. You get, I don't know what you get. Hey, you want a cheese dog? No. Uh, add, okay, well, fine. <laughs> It, 25 cents more for a cheese dog. Well, that's reasonable, though. Yeah, that's not that stupid right. add a buck for a slice of cheese bullshit. That's 25 goddamn cents. That makes sense. <laughs> that's good. Oh, this is all really nice. Or just, you know, the kids are along. Dino strips. Couldn't be better. Dino strips. Basically chicken strips, but... I, yeah, they are chicken strips. You can't get that. You're a chicken burger. What do you think they're going to be? You're not Real to, dinosaur? You're not allowed to harvest dinosaurs anymore because they're endangered. Look. Yeah. What happened to the dinosaurs? They evolved. They evolved into well, as far as I chickens. can see, they've evolved into like a giant. Ma- what is it called? Like Maximus Beastus that runs around and chases people on motorcycles. Oh, you're talking about uh, Jurassic World uh, three? More world, more worries. <laughs> yes, that's right. 
<laughs> You'll be dinosaur-y is the uh, tagline. What the hell could they have possibly done in that last movie? I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it either. I don't know if I saw the second one in the series, to be honest. I saw the first one, uh, and I thought, that's the, that's the good. Sec- yeah, the second one in the second uh, chapter of the yeah. series yeah. was started with Jeff Goldblum going, I wouldn't do this if I were you. And it ends with, you did it, you dumb fucks. And that was the, <laughs> end, that was the movie. And then in between, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. I just like the fact that all of the training involves putting your hand straight out towards a creature that has gigantic, <laughs> sharp teeth. Yeah. It seems like the wrong way to go about training something like that i, right. I don't know like you're like one of your most delicate you know fragile parts of your body you hold it out yeah and I it's mean, your good hand too i guess the thing is is like if you start young enough then you know you are dominant and so you're trying to maintain your dominance as as they get bigger and bigger okay you know it's kind of like horses right like you know when you when you work with horses you work with them from they're very young mm-hmm. and then you know they get used to the you manhandling them and so when they're a little older they're not like i could just drag this guy wherever i wanted but they're like oh this guy's really strong that's what you want right you don't want to have a horse that thinks he's strong right that sends a wrong message to the rest of your body that gets crushed by the horse okay i do remember from the trailer yep there's a scene i believe in italy where chris pratt is being chased by velociraptors yes uh, because they're angry at him on for velocipedes. Not, yeah, that's there. You go. Because they're mad at him for not having an Italian accent in the Super Mario movie. Okay. And they're like, "You're here. Yeah. Learn one." Wait, would it have been better for him to put on a fake Italian accent in the movie? Is that not going to get people angry? If your name is Mario, Mario, and yeah. all people have heard from you, yeah, uh, forever has been. It's a me, a Mario. Yeah. And like you're playing this character yes. now. Is it good to go? Hi, my name's Mario. Mm-hmm. That's the way to go. Well, it just feels like in today's climate, you don't want Paul Chato mad at you and saying that you're too diverse. Yeah. You know, it's better that you just have like a normal Midwest voice, right? Isn't that what they hired him for? He probably came in and put on that voice and they're like, no, Chris. <laughs> no. Yeah. Can't do that. And by the way, Those Paul, days are done. Paul Chato was head of uh, television comedy from uh, 89 to 91. That was our sweet spot. That was our sweet spot. That was our sweet spot. He was let go in 91 because he... Wanted to take this hour has twenty two minutes off the air and replace it with big cable. And they said, Paul, Paul, you were a lunatic. There's a doorway, and he left. Yeah, and he uh, actually climbed out a window to avoid listening to them. He's very, he's very much that. Before way. this, in um, in uh, in the mid seventies, yes, I'm going to just tell you this about Paul Chato. Sure, and I'm not ragging on Paul Chato. Yeah, um, before because again, we're big fans of the. We're big fans. I wrote a book about him called Me and My Chato. Wait, pause for a laugh. <laughs> Sweeten it. Act like it worked. Um, but in the mid-70s, he yeah. was uh, art director at Kelly's Stereo Mart. Oh. Yeah. Kelly's. Yeah. We had Kelly's here. We had a couple we did, of them. But I don't think we had an art director. I I don't know. I don't know. Someone had to what put the ads together. What does that mean? Art director at Kelly's Stereo They had to put Mart. the ads together. Oh, that makes sense. I feel he was just in the, the store like painting. <laughs> like painting he did, nudes. He did portraits. People came in. What kind of music do you like? Take off your clothes. They would uh, paint paint a picture of them to whatever song they wanted. And then he, uh, but he painted them in the painting. They were fully clothed. That was the amazing. That was the worst thing. Yeah, he was going. He says, "I just find it relaxing." Yeah, lets my mind wander. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, then he joined Rick Green to form uh, Green and Shadow, a two man comedy team. Yeah. Then they joined up with Dan Radican and Peter Wildman, and they formed uh, the Frantics. So that's nice. They, in 79, the, then they took over uh, 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 Summer 
spot that uh, Air Force had on the air. Yeah. And, uh, and there you go. And the rest is uh, history. The rest is following immediately after uh, Basic Black. There you go. The Arthur Black Show. Arthur Black Show. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. And he said to Arthur Black, will you pose nude for me? And he went like, it's radio. Why does it matter? It's just, it just relaxes me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and that's how the TV show, uh, the radio show Buck Naked in Black. Uh, <laughs> that show was also too diverse. I'm trying to think if I ever had anything on uh, on Arthur Black show. I feel like there was, I feel like I might have. Well, like, like you were on it? Well, not me, but oh, a sketch okay. I wrote. Oh, okay. I think a sketch I wrote with... Uh, yeah, I think a sketch I wrote wow. with Gary Jones yeah. and Ellie Harvey was uh, was on their show. It was a political sketch that we did. Yeah, cool, cool. I've talked about that show before. That you liked it, or you did? I do. I did like that show a lot. Yeah, I listened to it all the time. But I was very disappointed when I discovered that all of the uh, his his guests, like his regular guests, not not like phone in guests. Yeah, his regular guests all it was all scripted. It was all like pre-scripted. It wasn't. Oh. It wasn't just off the top of their heads in this in the studio. They wrote every single thing they said out and then read it out, and it was very natural. Like they were very good at doing it. It's not. Right. It didn't feel stilted or anything. It's just that I, as the listener at home, was constantly amazed at their how erudite they were and how well spoken they were. And then I discovered that mm. <laughs> the reason for that was that the show was heavily produced, and everyone who contributed. It was made, you know, did wrote a script for it. Now this show was called Basic Black. Basic Black with and, Arthur Black. Okay, that's right. All right. Let's see. And uh, all I remember now is that the postal code for when they moved to Vancouver was vacuum four basements, three attics two, <laughs> V four B three A two. Oh, okay. All right. But okay. I don't remember the Toronto one now. That's which is okay. weird because that that one I knew I listened to longer than I listened to the Vancouver one. I get, but I guess the one just trans uh, replaced the other one in my brain. Now, okay. It was just a mnemonic way to remember their postal code. No, that's the day when people sent. This is the day when people sent letters and not emails. Right, and the Dead Dog Cafe Comedy Hour was something part. Okay, but that was something that it was part of Peter uh, Zosky's morning. It was on Morningside. Wait a minute. It says here that it was part of Basic Black on Wikipedia. Oh, I don't remember it on Basic Black. Towards the very end of the show's run, the Dead Dog Cafe was a reoccurring feature. It was eventually spun off into the Dead Dog uh, Cafe Comedy Hour. Yeah, which was just a 15-minute show. Uh, but yeah, it was, well, I listened to it. It might have been, but I, I remember hearing it on uh, Peter Gazowski, and I don't remember, hear, remember hearing it uh, with um, on Basic Black, and I listened to both those shows. Because at that time, at that time, I was quite, in many ways, a stay-at-home dad. Okay. I mean, I was a farrier, but I worked by appointment, so my, my days were very organized in how much I worked. And... Let me tell you, when you're at home with little kids, you are lonely for adult voices. <laughs> so you miss like hearing adults talk. And so uh, for the first time in my life, I, I didn't listen to like music radio. I listened to talking radio. Okay. And so CBC became my like go-to. So I started listening to CBC and I, you know, I, uh, I, loved, all, I loved all the people that were on CBC. They're all like the greatest. Like Peter Zosky was great, and I can't remember their names anymore. Michael Enright was great, and oh, there's a lady that was on there. She was fantastic, and I loved. As it happens, their kind of roundup of the news show in the evening. I loved that they gave every. They would always do every place that they talked about, no matter where everyone was, by how far it was from Reading in England, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I guess started as like a little joke, but it's built over time until they're like, you know, we talked to so-and-so from Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's 4,334 <laughs> miles from Reading, you know, just stuff like that, you know, and they're just nice. little in-jokes and things, and, and I just 
you know, and like I say, you know, I was craving adult conversation and it is, it seems so witty and everything, you know, like basic black and, but uh, Dead Dog Comedy Hour was really good. It was a really good, fun show for a while. I, I kind of felt it got a little preachy as it went on and I kind of didn't enjoy it as much. I enjoyed it more when they're willing to make fun of us whiteies, but also, also uh, First Nations people. And it kind of, as the show went on, they kind of stopped poking fun of themselves as much and this became like a constant me drubbing. And I was just kind of like, ugh, <laughs> I feel bad enough about this already. I don't need more. So I kind of, kind of, but he's a really good writer. Um, the guy who wrote um, Thomas King, his name is, and who wrote the show and also played himself on it, Tom. Um, there's Tom, Jasper, and Rosie, I think was the, the, the lady's name who ran, okay. the, ran the diner, Rosie's diner. And so they would meet in there every show and then they'd talk. And Jasper would always have some crazy scheme. And Tom was like the, uh, was kind of the middle, I don't know how to describe him. He was the, he was the First Nations person that didn't have like an accent, you know, both, both Rosie and Jasper had accents. Okay. But he didn't. He was like the educated, uh, First Nations person. And they were like the more kind of from the reservation. Um, but it was really funny and, and, uh, kind of enlightening in some ways of the, of the, that you don't know, like, cause you know, like we grew up here in, in the lower mainland where where um, the First Nations people are very well hidden. You know, there's we're over here in uh, Southlands and you're over there by the Burrard Street Bridge and you'll only see each other during the P&E. Otherwise, you won't make, mingle too much. That's basically the rule here in Vancouver. But when I went up north, when I was selling books, when I went up north selling books, then you, you see a lot more First Nations people. Hmm. Um, they're much more prevalent up there and then also like when i was we went to hazelton um saw a lot more there as well but down here we just didn't really grow up so it was kind of an interesting show just to kind of be exposed to their culture and their sense of humor and stuff like that it was fun and then he writes a a series of detective novels uh with the first nations detective and they're kind of environmental mysteries and stuff i wish i could remember one title of them but uh i've bought them all for mary over the years because she's a big fan of him too and uh yeah i recommend him anyway Cool. It's not too hard to look up Thomas King. Okay. But uh, he's a very, very good writer. Excellent. That's a recommendation from Dave. That's straight from Dave to you. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking like, uh, I remember like uh, spending time with uh, the Air Force folks. Yeah. I was up in Prince Rupert and uh, my roommate was opening for them for a show. And, okay. Uh, Lord Janiszewski, we mentioned yeah. from Big, uh, Big Cable. Yes. Um, and uh, so we had a lot of time to talk. Uh, backstage, and one of the things that uh, Don Ferguson said, the reason CBC Radio was good is like none of the executives at CBC gave a shit about <laughs> CBC Radio. Okay, they just didn't. Yeah. There wasn't enough money to be made. Yeah, yeah. So when it yeah, came, so it's not. It's there's no advertising in it. So right, but still, you know, it is a lot of times it does come down to you know money, and so like at the end of the year when you want to show what you've done and what you've saved and what you've made and what have you, yeah, you want to be showing that you saved money or didn't spend too much money or whatever, whatever, yeah. and you can only really do that with the TV, so you can't waste your time with the radio because you know radio is just radio. Yeah, and you're right, there was no money to be made off radio, so they let it uh, do whatever it fucking wanted. Yeah. Uh, unless it was like incredibly offensive or caused any scandals or what have you. And so he went like, and subsequently it got really, really good. 
Mm. And it was just because no one cared about it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yeah, I always thought about that. And and when you're talking about shows you liked on CBC Radio and, and shows I've worked on on CBC Radio, it was like, well, these are weird ideas. How did this <laughs> become a show? And yeah. it's because no one cared. Yeah. And I wish there, you know, it's it, there is a little bit to that now with like the world of podcasting. Sure. Where like you can just make whatever you want yeah. up and like nothing yeah. stopping. I mean, I still would like to do some drama and comedy and sketch stuff mm. in this format. Uh, but yeah, back then it was, uh, that was, that was what made that, uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I like about radio as opposed to podcasting, which I think of podcasting as being very narrow cast, like it's hard to get, you know, too much outside of your interest in podcasting. Cause you're, you're like, Oh, I don't really know much about that. So I don't know if I want to listen to that. Uh, just keep listening to music podcasts or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're just, right. you kind of get stuck there. No, Whereas radio, you're kind of forced to. Yeah, I know someone who's like uh, uh, had quite a bit of success doing a horror podcast. Sure, sure. And that no, no, be, I know they're yeah. out there. No, no, no. But we still I'm have to saying, find them. Right? That would be the kind of thing that you might get on like a really hip radio station yeah. that would go like, okay, yeah. we're going to give this person a 2 a.m. slot mm. where they can do some scary shit. Maybe yeah. some people will pick up on this. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, CBC had its mystery project. Sure. So they would do like a half-hour mystery show every Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, they had to budget for drama. Yeah. They had budget for drama. They can yeah. use it in whatever, you know, for comedy. Comedy um, would usually get a, a better response than drama, but still, you know, you had it. They had some drama. good ra- dramas as well. But I mean, the problem with CBC, because, like you say, there's not a lot of money, is that so much stuff would be recycled over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you know, you'd you'd listen to like a, the Mystery Project on Saturdays and be like, oh, that's cool. Then later on, you're listening to like the afternoon show and then, oh, we're going to play the Mystery Project. You know, it's, I heard it on Saturday. Yeah. I don't need to hear this again, but there it is. It's there for you again. And, but yeah, that was, but I did enjoy like they would do like, uh, they would read, read novels on, on in the afternoons on CBC AM. They just would read from a Canadian novel, like yeah. a, a new one, but yeah. Or where else would you get that? Oh, it's great. And then, uh, and then you, yeah, you get like the comedy and, and you know, the science show, Quirks and Quirks and all the rest of it, you know, it's, it's, it, it was good stuff. I haven't listened to it for quite a while now just cause I'm, yeah. There's podcasts and and sometimes I think you just get tired of things anyway. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, and the problem I, is, I, I like oh, under the influence, for example. But you know, I watch, I listen to enough of them. And now yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, what, how I feel about that is like under the influence was really interesting, but I think we got all we can out of it. Like, maybe it's time for another show to be in that yeah, pos- spot. You know, and just shift that one over to a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's here's something you know you were mentioning. Or we were we were just talking about how uh, you know like the Dead Dog Cafe mm-hmm. uh, spun off from Arthur Black. You're saying Zowski, yeah. Um, but like uh, I, I used to work on a show called The Relevant Show, and that spun off from uh, definitely not the Opera or what was it? Called? Definitely, definitely not the Opera. Yeah, which yeah. ran ran ran. It didn't even run against. The, I guess it did sort of run against the Opera on CBC FM, which was also a great show. Like I'm not a huge Opera fan. Yeah, but where I'm going with this is. Uh, that uh, spinoff show. Excuse me. That's that's a really interesting idea. Of like, you've got a successful show. Mm-hmm. Now you make a mini show within that show, and if that show works out, then you spin off into this other show. Yeah. And again, we were talking about the Frantics. You know, the Air Force takes a break for the summer. Mm-hmm. Here's the summer replacement show. The summer yeah. replacement show is the Frantics. That takes off. Yeah. So it becomes its own show. Then that becomes a television show. Frantics four on the floor. Yeah. And that becomes like you know, uh, you know, the only uh, bastion against woke culture in, uh, in 2022. <laughs> Admittedly, it's many years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but there you go. Okay, maybe we stop it before that point. <laughs> but I like the idea of spinoff shows within shows. 
And I don't know if you can really get that with podcasts because, as you say, that's a very specific. Here's something you might like, whatever. Yeah. But I like this as a way of introducing you to a separate thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, well, let's see if that has its own legs. But yeah. we're, we're, we're putting the training wheels on through uh, associating with a popular show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This hour, uh, 22 Minutes, was also a very good show. Uh, but it's been a while since I listened to that as well. But. Right, and this hour, 22 Minutes, spun off the Rick Mercer show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, and then I'm sure something, I don't know, maybe something spun off of Rick Mercer. Well, well here's something that did spin off of 22 Minutes, was Nathan Fielder. Oh, really? Was he? he a, was yeah, he was a, he was a regular on um, 22 Minutes, but he would be doing his own segments that were very Nathan fielder Yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasionally he would come to... Uh, when I was doing improv shows at Shivana's, okay, and he would show his films, his shorts that he would do, okay, uh, which was what he was doing on Twenty Two Minutes at the time, and then yeah, he went on to do like many other things, yeah, you know, and become like very revered comedian now, yeah, yeah. Is he a comedian? I yeah. thought he's the person who helps people. Mm. He's there for you. He is. He's for you. <laughs> with dumb Starbucks. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, some of this stuff is uh, amazing. The one I think about a lot is the, this is one where I, he, I guess he advertises that he's looking for someone who wants to be interesting. And so this guy like applies. And so Nathan Fielder uh, trains, like he trains himself, Nathan Fielder, to walk a tightrope. Mm. And he does it as this person. And so he has this guy like telling people, like going on the radio, he sets him up on like these blind dates. <laughs> Where this guy tells this person, in a, like two weeks, I'm going to be walking between two buildings on a tightrope. And then when the time comes, like after he's told all these people that he's doing this, his, his, his grandparents are down below watching him, watching him in quotation marks. Yeah. Fielder crosses over on this, this uh, you know, cro- this is like between two, but it's, a, it's maybe a 10 foot distance. It's yeah. still, but it's still a big drop. Is there a net? Uh, he has a cable on his Okay, so. all right. So he walks across this, and then he walks back over again. But he's dressed like this guy. He looks He's like wearing a mask. <laughs> he's wearing like a mask, like a professionally made latex mask of this guy. And then he, when he finally finishes fooling around on the wire, he walks into this tent where he and this guy switch places. This guy walks out on the other side where he's greeted by this woman he met once on a blind date. And then he has to read this speech. That Nathan Fielder has written for him to read as the person who has crossed the, the tightrope. And you can just see, like, the realization that oh. I am the biggest fake in the world. But he still has to do this. So he's like, <laughs> he's reading this, you know, he's like, uh, oh. I, John Smith, I'm so proud to have crossed, uh, you know, and raised money for breast cancer awareness. And he just has this big sigh, like, <sighs> just like <laughs> I didn't do this. And now I have to claim I did. And then in the speech, Nathan Fielder has him like pledging love to this woman that he's met once, which also brings out a big sigh. Oh, it's just amazing. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, how long can this guy like, he's going to have to tell everyone that he knows that this was like a fake thing because it's going to be on television. It's going to be on television. It's, his, the whole charade is going to be there for everyone to see that he didn't do this, that he yeah. took all this credit. It went on radio shows. Talking about, like, radio shows around L.A. talking about doing this thing, and he didn't do it at all. And it's weird. But it's Nathan for you. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned, he, he opened a, a, a Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, that was called Dumb Starbucks, because he found out through, like, a, a loophole in parody law, as long as you were making fun of a thing, you could do it. 
uh, even if you were doing the same thing. But that wasn't enough. Well, it was also saying like how I, I was just looking here how he had like uh, CDs there. And so you had uh, the Nora Jones duets, but they were called dumb Nora Jones duets. <laughs> if you ordered an ice vanilla latte, it'd be a dumb ice vanilla latte. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a parody. But the stage. problem was, is just calling it dumb, was it enough for, for parody? Yeah. So we had to start a Weird Al Yankovic style band that did parody songs. <laughs> At this point, the owner of the original <laughs> coffee place quit. He's like, no, I can't. I can't be in a band. So he just quit. Leaving Nathan all alone to finish to do the rest of this thing. And so he started this parody band. And that's what they were selling in the store where, where, as part of their CDs was these parody stuff. And that somehow gave the whole thing legitimacy. So it could be dumb Starbucks. But yeah, I mean, if you were smart enough to go there and get a cup, it's worth a lot of money. Oh, my gosh. It's a really clever uh, show, I think. The other one I love is this one where he's, he's, he gets uh, really sad that... Uh, People who are overweight can't ride horses. So he creates this elaborate system of balloons that they have to wear to take the weight off them. <laughs> yeah. But then what if they're riding through the trees and the balloons, the, pop. the balloons pops? So then they have to have people walking beside them with these big giant fan-like things that will block the, the <laughs> balloons from hitting the trees. So there's like this guy riding this horse <laughs> with like four giant balloons in the air <laughs> being followed by uh, just... These guys were carrying these big fans. This, oh, it's just this giant show. And then, oh, so great. And the woman who ranch they're at, she's like, he's like, you know, this, this is, you're making history. Like, people are going to remember you, you know, for doing this, for making uh, riding accessible to everyone. She goes, well, I like to think that, like, you know, the shows that I've won and the horses that I've, I've raised and trained would, will be my legacy. He goes, no, 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 you'll be remembered for. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It is, this ability to be straight-faced yeah. in the face of all this nonsense is great. Uh, it's endlessly entertaining. Yeah, there was this one that I, I, uh, I'm i just, I'm going to try and get it right. Because there was, um, there was a, a, was it the company uh, Taiga? T-A-I-G-A? Okay, this right. sporting goods or something? Yeah, like? there's Va- the Vancouver-based company. Okay. Uh, posted a tribute uh, to Doug Collins, who's a, a Holocaust denier. Yeah. So uh, Nathan, what? Nathan decided to start his own company and produce soft-sell jackets. Okay. And, uh, and had 100% of these jackets go to the Vancouver Holocaust Education Center in Vancouver. Okay. And they raised like $500,000. Wow. wow. And did like a whole parody of, of all this. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Don't, uh, interesting, don't. interesting character. It's an interesting, I mean, I think he's done like a Bachelor style show now as well. And what's interesting about what he does is like he doesn't edit. Like when you watch reality TV, it's carefully edited to highlight and to kind of move in a certain way. And he just and he just um, turns that on its head and doesn't edit any, any of the awkwardness from, from this kind of Bachelor style okay. show. So it's just so, it is so awkward. <laughs> It is so so awkward. It's it's almost. It sounds hard to watch. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little. Uh, I kind of fall off there because I, I'm. You have a soul. I do have a soul. Yeah. yeah. Even people who are, <clears throat> you know, starved enough for attention that they'll go on a show like that. I even them I feel sorry for. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it feels better to talk about the things afterwards rather than yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like I was. We were talking about like when we were mentioning like bad music or. Um, bad movies yeah you know i'd rather like listen to someone or ha- read someone talk about them you know and just, just you know and discuss them in a funny way than actually watch them because 
they're not funny. It's just painful, you know. Yeah, agreed. Um, Dave. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yes. Uh, these episodes that we're doing right now, because of course we're in Belgium. We we are in Belgium, so we're recording. Well two, we're recording I'm eating two waffles today. at this moment. I'm uh, having uh, some French fries. Nice. Would you like to trade? No. Oh well, you go to hell. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. see if I don't steal your waffle while you're doing this. <laughs> uh, so these episodes are a little shorter than normal, the ones we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not to feel like I'm rushing you. Okay. But I got a hankering for some vampiring. Okay. <laughs> sure. Well, you know what. What's that? Well, we'll talk about this after we after I discuss what? this week's episode what, of what's going on. Dork Shadow. Okay, now with a logo. <laughs> oh yeah, I, you put up I, a logo. I know. I found it. It's nice. I found it in my. I like it. I did it a while ago, and I don't know why. I had yeah, one, I have one that has there a, he is. and then yeah. I have one that has a circle with a re, like a red circle with a slash through it. Oh, and I think it was supposed to be like no dark shadows. No dark shadows. No, and I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking about. I just, no, I like I, the Dork Shad is honestly the the logo you've set up here. Yeah. First of all, it's a parody, so we can do it. We, we can do it. Yes. Um, but I think that would make a delightful shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very nice. It's, still, it's a little bit of fun. Listen, if anyone wants a, a sneaky dragon shirt, look, we've got our designs on our web page. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, you can always suggest a design to Dave based on something he's done. So <laughs> possibly, possibly. Uh, but Dave has been uh, recapping the uh, Dark Shadows soap opera series uh every other week uh he's been watching them on tubi you can follow along if you want mm-hmm. uh what what episode number are we on right now uh this, this starts with uh, episode seven seven hundred and fifty two very good so if you want to follow along Was feel it? free tubi is free unless of course you want no commercials in which case you've got to pay ten thousand dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's an option is it but i don't think there's like a, a special tubi that there's no ad-free Tubi? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me take a look. Tubi ad-free. Can I get a Tubi ad-free? Where are the ads? Can I remove them? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like it's it. It is what it is. It's Tubi. It is what it is. It's Tubi. It's a giant storehouse. of. What's what's nice about Tubi is it has Shout Factory on it. Oh, so, does it? Yeah. So if you like Shout Factory movies, Holy you'll shit. find them there. All the MST3K th- oh, all my, all all the MST3K stuff is there. Holy smokes. Yeah. And you can watch them with commercials like they were when they were on TV. Yeah. Because it's a TV show. Yeah. So you watch them TV style. Yeah. Nice. You know what I think is uh, whenever they show... Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I would say this is something that I would suggest to channels like Tubi. It's like, say you're doing, um, say you're doing like a Dark Shadows uh, show. Uh, fine, you know, and it takes place in the late sixties. Yeah. So I would say, like, instead of running a modern ad for McDonald's, mm-hmm. get an old ad for McDonald's and run it, run it then. I mean, don't have the prices. Yeah. Don't have like burgers or a nickel <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. But like, run an ad, old timey ad, and people will still be like, oh yeah, yeah, I should buy some, you know, uh, Sanka. I should buy some McDonald's. I should buy some old. But you got to get products that uh, synced up, and you watch watch the old ads, and people would actually watch the ads because they'd be like, oh neat. Watch like a Big Mac ad singing that stupid song. People love it. It's Big Mac. I love that song. Yeah. Big Mac, Big Mac, eat a Big Mac, put it in your face, Big Mac. That song. It's catchy. All right. Who could forget Do it? your thing. Recap your Who show. could oh, I'm just trying it. to have a little fun for crying out loud. Oh, God. Things All right. have changed. Um, Paul Shadow's right. <laughs> so if you remember last episode, everybody. Do I? We had a... Uh, do you? No. We, we, Quentin was found after a night of uh, we don't know what. 
because he doesn't remember. He's found laying on the floor in a state of dishevelment, his shirt open, revealing his uh, bear chest. What do the kids think? So he's turning into a bear? He's turning into a bear. <laughs> this sounds but like I say, grisly. He has no memory of what happened. Uh, so Beth helps the shaken Quentin to his room. He realizes that this is the effect of the curse. She says, Beth tries to convince him that he was driven mad by fear. She says, it was some sort of gypsy fiend who was cursed upon you by, or they told you about, and then you started to imagine things. And, and he's, he's not being very, he's not really convinced by her uh, attempt. Doesn't really work that way, Beth. Uh, in the drawing room, Judith talks with her shady lawyer, Evan Handley. <laughs> Good shady lawyer name. Sorry, Beth? Good shady lawyer Good shady lawyer name. Yeah, like, it's sort of weird that she's got Evan Handley there, and she's like, uh, you know, please be my respectable lawyer. And then you're thinking to yourself, this is the guy who who raised Angelique back to life, although we haven't seen her lately. Mm-hmm. He raised, you know, he and Quentin had some sort of demonic ceremony using poor Jameson as like a, a, me, a medium to, to, like a, you know, a... a to bring her back and yeah, and the medium is the messenger. <laughs> and now he's like, "Oh, I'm a lawyer." Anyway, she wants Quentin out. That was the agreement. I give him money, he leaves. Beth then arrives and re- informs them that Quentin has returned. So that yes, he was missing, but he is now back. And Judith wants to go speak with him, and everyone says, "No, no, let's let him like let's let him kind of like get his you know get everything get his shit together basically." Yeah. And then you can go, you know, and then she says, well, can, can you, Evan, go talk to him, you know, and if he won't see me. And so then Evan says, okay, you know, I, I can do that. Oh, can I? He says, oh, can I? Uh, meanwhile, Reverend Trask phones to inform Judith that a teacher was attacked at the school that night. So we remember Dorcas, Dorcas Trilling, who was, uh, uh, well, you know, some beast. We don't know what kind of beast. Might have been a bear. I doubt it. Might have been a bear, but anyway, it was a beast that attacked her and <laughs> killed her. So he phones, and then, of course, Judith hangs up the phone and says, what a dear man being so concerned for us that he would phone and tell us this. Beth tells Quentin uh, that, um, you know, you were also attacked. This is what's happened. This this teacher was killed last night. Obviously, you met up with the same beast, and you were attacked. And Quentin points out that, hey... <laughs> I might be covered in blood, but I don't have a single cut on me. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Which is a good point. She says, good point, Quentin. Uh, Evan Hanley comes to Quentin's room. And uh, he comes to discuss the papers that Quentin signed and the arrangement he agreed to, which was he would take $10,000, give it to Magda and Sandor, and then they three would then vacate the premises. Mm. But uh, here he is in the house still i.e. has not vacated the premises. Quentin confesses to Hanley that he is sick with fear. Mm. He is so uh, so afraid of this curse that he he doesn't know what to do. He's absolutely petrified. He's cannot he can't even can't even like bear to think about it. And he asks he asks Hanley, would you go to Magda and find out what this curse is? Like what it what I am cursed with. Right. And Hanley agrees for a price. And Quentin says i thought i thought you would you were my friend i thought you'd do it out of friendship and and uh hanley says basically says um i would think that you're old enough to have learned that there is no such thing as a friend 
Oh, and burn. Then, <laughs> sick burn. And then uh, Judith arrives, and Quentin returns the 10 grand, and she reminds him of their agreement, holding up the contract that he had signed. And he says, here's your money. And he takes it out of her hand and tears up the contract and throws it to the wind. <laughs> At that point, uh, Judith, who has nothing more to say, she, <laughs> I guess she's been checkmated, leaves. Touché. Meanwhile, at the old house, Magda is laying out her tarot cards when Hanley arrives. They talk about the animal attack before Hanley changes the subject to the curse, at which point Magda becomes very cagey and, uh, you know, curse. Why would you mention a curse yeah, to me? I don't know anything about a curse. I might have mentioned a curse, uh-huh. but that doesn't mean I know how to do a curse. Uh, people talk about curses. And curses and, yeah. happen, you know, like sometimes, uh, you know, curse happens. Isn't that, a, yeah. isn't that a thing people say? Yeah, people say curse happens. That's right. It's a very popular expression. But Hanley worms, worms the truth out of her to a degree, because she denies the curse being anything. i got to change the page here. <laughs> it's hard to turn the pages now that this book was run over. She says, you know, it's just words, mere words. Yeah. And Hanley points out... Words on a page. But then Hanley points out, mere words you say, but you are wearing a pentagram around your neck. Ah, that's a good And she, <laughs> she downplays the pentagram. She's like, oh, this old thing I could... And Hanley offers... He says, well, just give it to me then. She says, no, 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 no. I mean, it's an old family heirloom. I can't just go around giving it away. I'll give you $100 for it. No, 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 no. This is uh, my grandmother's, uh, you know. I couldn't give it away for less than 1000 She is kind of nervous about the idea of losing it, though. And so, although she doesn't tell Hanley the truth, he is able to kind of figure out what's going on here. So he returns to Collinwood, but, and to Quentin's disappointment, he wasn't able to discover exactly what the curse is. But he's savvy enough to know the importance of the pentagram, and he draws one on Quentin's floor. He takes a piece of chalk and he draws out this pentagram okay. on, the, on the carpet. But Quentin is not interested in that sort of nonsense. He wants hard, practical things that he can do to stop this, not some nonsense about pentagrams with candles burning in them. <laughs> Hanley tells him that the curse will return that night, and so you need to be in this pentagram when it happens. And that way... It will ward off the curse. And uh, needless to say, Quentin is not impressed by this. And before Hanley leaves, he sternly warns Beth not to be with Quentin that night. That night, <laughs> Beth is with Quentin. I was thinking like, and the advice was taken. <laughs> and next episode. He becomes angry with her. Okay. Because she's scared of him. And he sends her away. But before she can leave... He is overcome by pain. Again. Again by pain. She tries to get him into the pentagram, but he falls unconscious. Why are you shaking your head? No, I'm just laughing. She tries to get him into the pentagram. Yeah. Come on. It's fun. Get into the pentagram. Come on, get in there. But Everyone's he, doing it. He, the pain caused him to lose consciousness, <laughs> and then she can't move him because he's like a big lump. Right. To her horror, he begins to change off camera. Yeah. And we hear growling made money. as the camera lingers on Beth's terrified face. Dot, dot, dot. Next episode. Oh, wow. That was a pretty short episode. <laughs> okay. Quentin has transformed into a werewolf. Very it's good. true. And somehow gotten shorter. Because <laughs> the person who plays the werewolf is much shorter than uh, the actor you who plays what? David when Selby. You turn into the Hulk, you get bigger. So when you turn into the werewolf, you get shorter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're turning basically into like a wolf. And a wolf yeah. is smaller than a person. Sure. So this all makes sense. Okay. 
and you'll go with more, it. And the guy has more nipples now. <laughs> See a female werewolf? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do male do male dogs have more nipples? Do male dogs have more nipples? Yeah. Why do male dogs need nipples at all? Well, they have them. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. My cat's a male, and my cat has nipples. I can be honest. You've I, got a dog? I know, but I've never looked at his nipples. You've never looked at your dog's belly. You've <laughs> never given your dog a belly rub. I've given my dog belly rubs, but I never noticed there are nipples there. I don't know about nipples. I think you're confused. You don't think that dogs have nipples? Not male dogs. I mean, I've never noticed it. I mean, I, I do rub his belly all the time. Okay, wait a second. Before we before we go forward, yeah, let's I go backwards. Be- I can't believe that male dogs don't have. Yes, yeah, that's right. Both male and female dogs have nipples. Okay, and they uh, have between ten and uh, eight and ten nipples. So the some si- have more, others have fewer. But basically, between your dog has eight nipples, probably. That you've never seen no. in all of these, I'm going to put in quotes, <laughs> belly rubs that apparently you've given the dog, but yeah. you haven't given the dog. Also, I have. No, you haven't. And the cat, <laughs> and the cat uh, as well has... Uh, well, Reese would let me touch her belly. Okay. She attacks me. Okay. With great ferocity. Yeah, there's a bunch of people writing online going, they're worried because their dog has nipples. Is that right? Yeah. They're legitimately worried. They're asking like, you know, should, I should have, they have nipples? I guess I should look more closely. I've never noticed. And the reason that both male dogs and female dogs have nipples mm-hmm. is because they're basically identical in the womb until they change. And then uh, some dogs, you know, uh, get the characteristics of uh, male, some female. But mm. nipples uh, akimbo for both of them. I mean spread. Yeah. Okay. Spread out. Spread out those nipples. Spread out those nipples. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable now. Let's keep, let's keep uh, going on with the vampire thing. All right. Anyway, so how many nipples does werewolf have? Yes. Between uh, eight and ten. He's turned to wear but... Yes, Beth, despite her fear, has the smarts to count his nipples. There are ten. And the, and the, and the they are in the shape so of the pentagram. They're in the, sh- they're in the shape of a pentagram. Uh, but Beth, despite her fear, has the smarts to stand inside the pentagram. Smart. It seems to provide a sort of magical barrier between her and the werewolf, so he cannot, he cannot penetrate to where she is. Okay. It does a lot of mime around the... Uh, right. But very the, bad mind. But there's no penetration, so it's like just R-rated. No pentagramation. <laughs> the frustrated cre- uh, creature leaves the room, by the, using the doorknob, by the way, everyone. Sure. Werewolves turn doorknobs, just so you know. Well, they got hands. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But you think, it, where, how, would a, how would a werewolf know how to use a door? Well, it's also a man. But it's not. It's half man. He can't remember anything, so he's not really there. He's transformed into a werewolf. Okay, wait a second. So when a werewolf... Okay. Yeah. A werewolf is in their own house, mm-hmm. and they turn into... Okay, and the man turns into a wolf. Yeah. Uh, he's no longer a man. Very good. I said man turns into wolf. Yeah. Uh, so he's a wolf. You yeah. could say a wolf man, okay. a werewolf, yeah. a lycanthrope. Yeah. Good. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that was the are they, question. Uh, are yeah. they... Well, I don't use the word lycanthrope often, so well, yeah, okay. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. use it in the right context. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, okay. So... Uh, does that werewolf now not know the layout of the house? Yeah, I would say he's a stranger to that house. It's like, where am I? <laughs> yes. What's going on? <laughs> yes. He's... I don't know where I am. I don't he's think all, he's... Like, scared and nervous. He's I don't think he's... Well, maybe he's nervous. He doesn't have any memory of like the house and know that upstairs is the bedroom. He doesn't know... Like, well, what does he care? He's, a, he's an animal. It's not he's not going to go to bed. You have just you have told me that yeah. he loses all of his memory. Yeah. So like he goes outside. He's like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> this is lawn. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where things are. Like he doesn't know shit. Like he yeah, because that. he'll he'll attack. Like although he's Quentin who loves yeah. Beth as the werewolf, he would attack and kill her. Yeah, because he loves her. A werewolf kills the thing it loves the most. Well, in some some stories, but not all stories. All right then. 
Right. Be that way about it. <laughs> I'm just pointing out there's lots of different ways of of doing werewolves, but no matter what you do, where like a werewolf will attack and kill. Yeah, this sounds like a grim question. Someone that knows. But here's my werewolf question to you. Werewolf questions. Okay, so are uh, us. So you're a werewolf. I'm a werewolf. You uh, turn. Oh, okay, you're a man. You turn to a wolf. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you go. You uh, attack a person. Yeah. You start to feast. Yes. On their entrails. Yes. Uh, the sun comes up. Yes. And now you're turning back into man. I know it's a weird thing. Okay. Yeah. Do you poop man <laughs> the next day, or does the uh, uh, the stuff you ate go away? Yeah. As you turn, I would want to say that it goes away as you turn. Because I'm thinking like raw human. Yeah, it would make you in sick. your stomach is going to like be a rough night. <laughs> Or a rough day. <laughs> rough day. You're going to certainly be like, oh, geez, George was on the toilet a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, if you're a wolf man, yeah. and, like, the next day, are you, like, going, when did I eat? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of the thing of, like, did I did, I when did I have corn? And it's like, <laughs> when did I have teeth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that a human nose? That's right. <laughs> what did I have? Yeah. I kind of think that that is the case, that whatever the werewolf does... It vanishes. It vanishes with, with, with its... Okay, so here's a scenario for you. Okay. I've got surgery. Like, that's how I would want it. Uh, that's what, if I was doing a werewolf story, that's what okay. I would do. So I've got surgery. Okay. And the uh, doctor says to me, okay, you got surgery tomorrow. Yeah. You got to fast for 24 hours because yeah. we got to make sure you fast for 24 hours. Uh, but I'm a wolf man. And I can't tell the doctor that. Even with doctor, <laughs> even with doctor patient confidentiality, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't let that slide. No, you can't. No. So I'm fasting. And then the full moon comes up, yeah. and I go out, and I eat a mailman. Yeah. So I eat, and I know a postal worker, but back then it was a mailman. Sure. So I eat the postal worker, and uh, then I turn back into a human. Yeah. Can I still have surgery? <laughs> or have I, because I've got postman in me. Yeah, yeah. Will that affect the, the surgery? And I know. It's a weird It's a weird part. That I doc- mean, it's a basic question that you yeah, would have yeah. to ask your doctor. You, you know, I think I think you would have to have ask your doctor to say, doctor, last night. It's postal worker. Please right don't ask me. me any questions. Please don't ask me any questions about how this happened. But I, I ate a postman. Um, now, I know he was because he rang twice. <laughs> but should I, you know, can I still have my surgery? And I think I think the doctor would say no. He would say no. Yeah, he'd say no to your surgery. You, because you now is you this ate because a man. you ate a postman or because you have too many nipples? <laughs> it's too confusing for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, please continue. All right. So anyway, we had a werewolf leave the room using the. By the way, using I shut down this web page about dog nipples. Oh, there we go. Just in case anything you, happens, you did, it was it was distracting you. It was a little bit. There was too many images on there. <laughs> okay, done. We go to Trask School. Jameson is still locked away in the meditation room, also known as a cupboard. <laughs> Charity Trask enters Tim's classroom. If you remember Tim, man, this has been a while since we, we saw Tim. Yeah, what's up with Tim? Tim is uh, Rachel's old schoolmate, who is now a teacher at Worthington Hall, the okay. Trask School, where only the worthy go. And, uh, of course, Tim is being held prisoner there because he killed a man when he was trying to escape the school when he was younger we've all been there this is held over his head it's a real damocles sword as they say right that's what murder is it's a real sword of damocles (laughs) it really is uh well it can be i guess it can yeah sure yeah um so anyway charity trusks enters tim's classroom 
And by the way, she seems to have really got over her enthrallment to uh, Barnabas. Oh, good. She has been left in charge by her father, who is, uh, as she speaks, on his way to return Dorcas's body to her parents. She confesses confesses to a feeling of kind of general doom, as in, as in, what she means is they're all doomed. Yeah, that's what general does. Yeah. Uh, what about general gloom? Well, general doom could also be Doctor Doom before he got his doctor. Yeah, yeah. He was just in the military. Sure. He was just a two-star general. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. After she leaves, she, she says, oh, you know, I'm not feeling, it's, it's pretty, like she just has kind of a gloomy talk with him and then, you know, and he's kind general of. General gloom. Generally gloomy, yeah. Okay, yeah. general gloom. Yeah. After she leaves, Tim sneaks some food to Jameson All in right. his uh, cupboard. He can't tell Jameson when his punishment will end. Uh, let me just turn the page here. <laughs> What's so funny? Just you, uh, it looked like a magic trick you were doing when you were rotating the book. It'd um, be like six dots on one side, turn it around, it'd be one dot. Yeah, four yeah. dots. Tricky. But he explains that Trask requires complete obedience. So what do you want? Says Trask said last time, what did he want? He doesn't actually think that Jameson is guilty. He just is punishing him so that Jameson will have to cave in to Trask's will, and then he will be, a, you know, the obedient, right. broken student that he wants. Now, uh... Tim is back, leaves, you know, gets out of the room when he hears someone knocking at the door. So he leaves the, that's right, the classic uh, Dark Shadows knock. So she, uh, or he opens the door and it's Charity. Okay. And she accuses Tim of helping Jameson, which he denies. But when she enters the cupboard, she discovers the food Tim snuck, is that a word? Snuck into the locked room. And uh, so Charity's mad at Tim. She's mad at Jameson. And as a punishment to Jameson, she gives him this excessively large book of sermons that is beloved by her father. Okay. For him to peruse while he contemplates his perfidy, I wrote here. I just like the use of peruse and perfidy in the same Mm -hmm. sentence. However, here's the important thing. The book is just the right height for Jameson to reach the high window in the cupboard. Don't ask me why there's a window in the cupboard, but Mm -hmm. there was a window in this cupboard. uh, Or meditation room, I should say. And uh, he's able to reach this high window because of the book now. Gives him that extra bit of height. And he's able to escape outside the room. Tim and Charity argue about what they should do. Should they tell Trask that Tim went behind his back and gave Jameson food, as Charity wants to do? Or should they, as Tim wants, her just to fuck off and leave him alone? (laughs) They can't decide. But then she hears a clunking sound and she knows that something's up in the closet. So she opens the door. Clunk, clunk. And they discover that uh, Jameson has escaped. Tim is impressed by the boy's ingenuity. Mm. And then Charity blames Tim for all this. Because if he hadn't been feeding the boy food, then she wouldn't have given him the Bible. That's the problem. That wouldn't have given him the leg up that he needed to get out of this situation. Feeding a raccoon. Uh, She realizes that Jameson will return to Collinwood. And she insists on going there right away. So as Jameson makes his way through the woods, he hears someone else walking through them and hides course thinking it's reverend trask not realizing that he has narrowly missed nearly missed <laughs> nearly missed the prowling werewolf at collinwood beth answers the ringing phone it is charity who bossily orders beth <laughs> who she describes as she says who is this i'm speaking to she says this is beth oh the maid she says i know very rude who bossily orders beth to expect jameson's arrival and confine him until they come to collect him Beth is more concerned that Jameson is alone in the woods 
with Quentin roaming around. She throws on her shawl and prepares to go out when Jameson himself comes in. As he and Beth talk, there is a knock on the door. Nice. Beth hides uh, Jameson in the drawing room, which is not a good place to hide him, really, because it's like the main room in the house. Yeah, it's the drawing him out room. Yeah. Charity and Tim enter. And Charity is, you know, basically accuses her right away of hiding Tim or hiding Jameson from her. That's not very charitable of her. No, she's the opposite of her name. You're right. Though she does begin at home in her search. She insists she's suspicious and she insists that she be allowed into the waiting room uh, or sorry, allowed into the drawing room because she wants to talk to uh, Edward. Judith is gone. She wants to talk to Edward. Edward is at the old house and won't be there for a while. So she says, well, I'll wait, but I want to wait in the drawing room. And so Beth reluctantly opens the door. Charity openly searches the room, but finds no Jameson, only an open window that Beth insists she opened earlier that evening. She agrees to return to the school because uh, Tim says, what if Jameson returns there and we're not there to look after him? So they go back that way. Once Charity and Tim leave, Beth calls for Jameson, but he is gone. A quick cut to the werewolf doing whatever a werewolf does. Which in this show seems to be walking around, I don't know. Seems like a boring life. Then a close-up of a hand holding a pistol. It is Beth, tremblingly searching for Jameson. As she walks through the woods, the werewolf werewolf appears above her on a large boulder, ready to pounce. Beth hears him growl, and with a shaking hand, she raises the gun and dot, dot, dot. We'll have to hear what happens next time on... Dork Shadows. Is that it for this week? That's it for this week. All right. So you can follow along uh, watching the show. So what episode would you have to watch uh, to see what happens? You'll be at, I think, at four? Episode number four? Yeah. So, 7.54, sorry. Okay, good. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking two. like, I only did two that's, a bit, uh, that's a bit of a long uh, watch. I only watched to get to there. Week, okay, so. seven. There you go. Da, da, da. Um, I was busy. I was editing the ne- the next one. Of course show. you were. Don't worry. We're in Belgium. No one can blame you. <laughs> no one can blame me. Anyway, would you like some chocolate? I would. There you go. Thank you. All right. I'm going to keep having my French fries. You keep at I it. I can't believe you're not giving me the, any of that waffle. <laughs> uh, look, we're gonna, as I say, we are in Belgium. We're going to be uh, heading to France for a couple of days. If you are listening to this and you want to give us some advice as to like, hey, wait, are you in Paris? Look, man, here's what you got to do. Let us know. And uh, we will do our best to get to that thing. Uh, we're also going to be releasing a special extra episode, possibly, maybe. I think this is the plan so far <laughs> of Totally Tintin, where we're going to be going to the Hergé Museum and uh, ideally talking to someone there. Ideally. And if not, we will just tell you what it was like. And if all of that just like falls apart and just goes to hell and I'm Phil Donahue for some reason, <laughs> um, then what we're going to do is we're going to put it on this show and we'll just go, well, oh, there's our adventures over there. Anyway, next time you hear from us, uh, we'll have been a bit more well-traveled and hopefully everything safe, sound, fun. Yeah. <gasps> we'll, both have, we'll both have great tans. Yep, that's right. No uh, mysterious French diseases. Uh, everything will be fine. Uh, we're uh, we're all going to be. We'll all gonna... be caught up in our French letters. Well, ouais, absolutely. Ouais. Bon. Uh, we um, can't reach any of your uh, mail uh, because uh, there was no mail because we recorded two episodes back to back. Yeah. But uh, last week uh, we we asked. Should I ask the same questions as last week? Just to sure, refresh? Just, just refresh. Okay, to uh, to refresh. 
uh, from last week. Uh, we asked, uh, what was, if you had an experience, walking into kind of an odd non-sequitur conversation? As in, like, people were talking about stuff, and you're like, what the hell were they talking about? <laughs> that doesn't make no sense at all. And, you know, something like, you know, and then I killed the ice cream. You know, something like that. And you're like, what? It makes no sense. Uh, if you got one of those stories, let us know. And also, a little bit simpler, what is something, uh, what's the scariest scene you've seen in a movie uh, and describe it without spoiling the scene. So you could tell us the movie hmm. and give us a little hint as to what it's about. But without, you know, you know that scene and that thing where the thing, and you let us know, and we'll all go. I know what you're talking about, but it doesn't spoil the scene for people. So those are the two questions yeah. we're going to ask. And yes. uh, how you respond to us, oh, could not be simpler. Are you on Facebook? Don't tell me you're not on Facebook. You liar. You're on Facebook. You're not really. Did you go off it or did you never go on it? Huh. Well, that's not the response I expected. But anyway, if you uh, know someone who's on Facebook, uh, we have a Sneaky Dragon page on Facebook. Are you on Twitter? Really? Why? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, but if you do go on Twitter, we're at Sneaky underscore Dragon. Fair enough. Uh, Hey, this sounds like a long shot, but uh, you're not on Tumblr, are you? You are? Well, that is surprising. (laughs) Uh, But we're there. SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. But probably the easiest way of getting a hold of us is to go to SneakyDragon.com, which is our website. And uh, we have every one of our episodes there, not just of this series, but of all of our past podcasts, including Totally Tintin, which I just briefly mentioned, and which might have an extra episode very soon. We'll see. Uh, But if you'd like to leave us a message underneath uh, any of the episodes, there's a message board area there, and you can do that. And then uh, maybe someone will respond to you. Maybe us. Maybe another listener. Maybe you'll have a develop a friendship. Maybe we'll get a pen pal. I had a pen pal when I was a, a kid. Oh, really? And she was, um, her name was Lisa, hmm. and she lived in Belgium. No way, really? Yeah, she was a member of the family who had the same birthday, exactly the same birthday, as my sister. Okay. So that was kind of a little novelty thing. So she would write me uh, back in French, and I would write her in English, and we would try to understand each other's uh, letters. Wow. Yeah, it was quite, quite neat. She was my how pen long, pal. How long did this last for you know what? Because I was a kid, it yeah. seems like a long time, okay. but probably it was a short time. Mm-hmm. But it was always fun to get mail. Yeah. So that was good. Because, I was, again, like I, I used to like um, in Peanuts how uh, uh, Charlie Brown would have a, a pencil pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, oh, that sounds fun, having a sure. pen pal or pencil pal. And, of course, Charlie Brown could never have a, a pen pal because uh, he used a fountain pen, a dip, <laughs> a dip fountain pen. Yes. Strange. And uh, and it didn't work, so he had a pencil pal instead. Yes, that was a quite a good sequence of comics with his trying to write. It sure feels like uh, Bick made a mistake not trying to get in on that. <laughs> like now, I can finally write to my pen pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a smart move. Instead, they went, "We're going to throw all our money at uh, Charles Nelson Riley and make him the Bick banana, and have him just do this, like oh, 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 the pen." And uh, it's like, yeah, that makes me want to not use a pen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a French company. They, what do they know? Yeah. There it's uh, Le Bic Banana. Bic. Banana. Bic. Um, hey, before I know we're coming. Oh, yeah. Out. You said you were going to say something. Did I say that? Yeah. You said, like, I'll t- we can talk about that after, after I do... Uh, after I do the uh, Dark Shadows, and then you put down your phone. You looked at your phone. You went like, hey, that, you know what? We can talk about that after I, I do dark, dark Shadows, and then you put down your phone. It's like, okay, we can talk about that afterwards. Do you remember what that thing was? No, I don't, actually. That's uh, weird. Let me just see if there's something on my phone that rings the... Uh, rings, nope. 
nothing blank screen. Huh. Okay. Well, I do have something I was going to mention though. All right. Because I wanted to recommend this. Well, it's still in theaters. I would. I just want to highly recommend see how they run the murder mystery movie that's out right now. Oh, with cool. Sam, Sam Rockwell. Okay. And Saoirse Ronan. It's a it's a fun goof on Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. Oh, cool, cool. The uh, murder mystery is based around this play around. Uh, the character, the actors, and and people around the play, it explains the explains why a movie has never been made of the mousetrap. Okay, uh, there's a reason for that. Does it spoil the mousetrap? It does not spoil the mousetrap. Very nice. It has a lot of fun with with tropes of drawing room mysteries as well as sort of hard boiled things and movies and everything else. And uh, it's very good. It has David Oyelowo, who was it Sounds in like Selma? Name. Name's in name. Selma played Martin Luther King in Selma. No, no, made up name. The okay. British actor. Okay. Um, it has uh, who else is in it? Of some note, I guess no one really else. And who's the, sorry, who's the lead uh, woman in there? Uh, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, it's made up name too. <laughs> it feels like it. Name. Yeah, they're all made up names. Because I never, knew, I didn't know how to pronounce it when she first. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is it? You, you mean the painter, the famous painter, who is doing a British accent. Mm. I don't know if that's really his forte. So he does do a lot of, I would call, British muttering. Does he uh, do his Sam Rockwell dance in this? Where he, like, he does not do a. Around? He doesn't do a Sam Rockwell dance. All right, fine, whatever. I mean, you don't need it in every movie, don't you? No. All right. <laughs> Why do you want it in every movie? I do. Well, how else do I know it's Sam Rockwell? Yeah. Uh, he's very good in it. She's very good in it. Cool. It's, uh, it's It was a fun movie, and it has a has a good ending. All right. I will try my best to see it I, in theater. I hardly recommend it. If you're a fan of plays, I am. you will enjoy it. It uh, it references a couple times. It references uh, Tom Stoppard, the the real Inspector Hound, which was a, a parody of The Mousetrap. Mm. Uh, that he wrote and so it mentions it kind of and it makes a lot of uh agatha christie allu- allusions to other books and stuff like that in the film it's it's fun it's like, okay it's a little little bit of a fun he also he wrote uh rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead right yes he did very good that's more of a goof on uh hamlet all right good old hamlet mm. the well, greatest dane or just a great dane <laughs> was hamlet i don't even know if i don't really think of him as danish to be honest with you okay because he seems so much, it just feels like he's British. Even though something's rotten in the state of Denmark. I know it's rotten in the state of Denmark, but you can say, you know, something's fishy. Yeah. You know. And what, what would you say? It doesn't mean that? you're living in an aquarium. Hmm? <laughs> can you think of a fishier place than an aquarium? Um, a fish market? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, in terms of, like, a volume of fish, I think of me, a fish market, and also smelliness. Okay. In fact, the very, the very idea of it is a little bit appalling to me. A fish market? Yeah. Where do you get your fish from? I don't like fish. And you used to be in the fish industry. I know. Well, the hypocrisy like a of it all. Hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I, I know. I did. There's a guy who uh, bragged about stacking fish, like I think two episodes ago. Yeah, because they're just like they're just like things to me. By that point, they're not fish anymore. They're just frozen slabs. So they they fit. They made a nice pile. All right. So Dave is recommending see how they run. Yes, it's very good. And is not recommending fish. <laughs> not a big fan. Okay. I can't help it. I like like fish and chips fish, but I don't I don't I don't really it like. Sounds like you like the coating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to deny it. All right. It's merely an excuse to eat the. Well, I think coating. you're going to be happy with half the things you eat in Belgium. Or why? Because they're coated. Because you have fr- fries. Oh, okay. You're going to enjoy the uh, Belgian fries very much. <laughs> Everything else I won't like. Is are you saying that they're very fishy there? I would assume so. Yeah, it's Europe. They're, they're going to serve things. I think they're co- they, I think they have a coast. I think they just coast. <laughs> the coast in there 
Yeah. I do know that muscles are a big thing there. Oh, really? Yeah, muscles are. How about cockles? I, I, that's not my business. Okay. Yeah, we'll just leave that with the nipples. Yeah, they do serve a lot of nipples. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable with everything now, so I'm going to wrap things up. Dogs, uh, dogs w- have eight to ten nipples and one cockles. Wish us the best <laughs> and hope that we're safe. We'll try to come back safely and have a nice trip. We'll try not to catch diseases and we'll try to not have problems and we'll try to tell you stories when we come back from Belgium and France. I'm Ian. I'm David. Stay loose. Don't eat goose. Hooray! Thank you.